Hey, Fim Fam, welcome to episode five. I am your host, Kyler Eide. In today's episode, we answer the question or try to answer the question should we be doing resistance training and cardio training at the same time? If you have listened to some of my episodes, you know the typical journey that these episodes take. We start very general, we try to get more specific, we add in some data, some research articles, some studies, some history some personal stories, maybe even some random tangents, and then we try to loop it all back together so that we all feel good and leave the episode with some actionable items so that we can finally start putting our fitness into motion. Because really that's what it's all about, right? It's me sitting behind a microphone thinking I'm cool, hopefully delivering some good content to you all. You guys are on your end listening to this, a chuckle here, you know, some brainstorming there, but really hopefully we just turn all of the question marks into exclamation points and we go on into the world and we start changing it, sometimes starting with ourselves. But again, today we, we get into resistance training, we get into cardio training, a little teaser here. We're going to start talking about like the said principle, concurrent training and all of the above. So thanks again, you guys. I did want to mention before we start the episode, I am going to be releasing these every two weeks on Monday. So be on the lookout for that. But anyways, let's just get right into it and let you guys dive deep, get on your brain thinking hats, your brainstorming hats, and hopefully you enjoy. Thanks, guys. What's up, everyone? You know what, if you're listening to this right now, that means you tuned into Fitness in Motion. And that also means you must have clicked on episode number five, where we're asking the big question, should we be doing resistance training and cardio training at the same time? Now, this is a big question. We hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. And I wanted to create some content and possibly answer some of those questions. Uh, What we hear a lot right? Is resistance training necessary for long endurance aerobic individuals? Or does endurance training or even just small doses of cardio training affect and steal our gains when we're trying to get jacked, when we're trying to get strong, when we're trying to build muscle? So let's dive into this. This is going to be a big one. I was was sort of pondering on this one for, for a couple of weeks, and I finally sat down and wrote a bunch of notes down And at the end of this episode, I'm hoping that, you know, if we're out there kind of scratching our heads, if we're doing the right thing, if we're doing both of these, if we should focus on one or the other, I'm hoping that we all can kind of relax and hopefully feel a little bit more comfortable in what we're doing. And we're actually putting our fitness into motion and getting closer to our goals, depending on who you are and where you're at. Before I wanted to begin, let's consider a couple things. And we're going to briefly go through all these without, you know, specifically going through point by point, but things we need to consider before talking about whether we should be doing both or how much of each we should be doing. What are your goals? That's a, that's a big one. That's a common one. What adaptations are you trying to achieve? What time window do you have? Like, for example, are you off season for your sport in season? Uh, What is your training age? Like, how long have you been exercising? Uh, What have you been putting your body through in the last year, the last 10 years? 
And does that still align with your goals? Do you have sport specific goals? Like, are you an athlete? Are you a long distance swimmer? Are you a, a triathlete? Are you a hockey player? Are you a football player, a sprinter, a, a gymnast? Things to ask. And then lastly, what are you comfortable with? So we could, we could give you all the information in the world, but when it comes to putting these things to action, if you're not comfortable doing it, either with a coach, in a group, with your friends, or on your own, you know, day by day or just throughout the weeks and months, if you're not comfortable with, with it, odds are you're, you're not going to be doing it. So I wanted to lay that out, things to consider. But let's talk about this big old question. Should we or could we be doing resistance training and cardio training at the same time? Now, some of you have maybe heard of this term or some of you have not, and you're gonna be learning something new. But when we think of these two things, one term comes to mind, at least for me, and that is concurrent training or CT, but I'm just gonna make sure I call it concurrent training. If we define concurrent training, it's basically the combination of resistance and endurance training in a periodized program to maximize on all aspects of physical performance. And of course, performance might be might be mean something different to us, whether we're trying to, again, train for a specific activity, event, or sport, we're just trying to be comfortable in the gym, or we're trying to lose weight or change body composition. And I have like this, this big note circled, starred a couple times underneath concurrent training. So before we go real deep into concurrent training, I wanted to mention another concept called the said principle. And honestly, I, I forgot if I've mentioned this before. I've probably just had it in my brain on you know, a couple episodes, uh, my first few episodes of wanting to mention it. And I, to be honest, I don't really know if I, if I mentioned it. So I'm gonna mention it in this episode, but the said principle, so S-A-I-D. And there's a reason I'm gonna, I, I'm mentioning this, but I'm gonna get to that. So the said principle is the specific adaptations to imposed demands. So S-A-I-D. Why is that important to bring up? So before I wanna talk about like whether you should be doing, you know, more of resistance training and less of cardio or vice versa, or, or, or like an even amount of, of both of them, we have, to, we have to remember that the body is, is malleable. It, it, it is adaptive. It, it is going to adapt to whatever you put it through. Right? It's, going to be, it's going to show specific adaptations to the imposed demands that you put on it. And for a lot of us, we, we are going through awesome exercise routines and programs. Uh, and it's great. It's progressing you. It's feeling good. It, it makes you feel good leaving the gym like, like it's moving the needle. Uh, but for a lot of clients that I have, uh, even myself sometimes, even though I'm going through this program, I'm seeing adaptations either short-term or long-term, they just happen to not align with my goals. So let's go over that again. We need to make sure that if we are putting our bodies through certain things, certain workloads, certain intensities from week to week to week, we know it, that it's going to adapt to those. So over time, we just need to reassess ourselves and make sure that it's aligning with our goals. Uh, a, a long time ago, I was um, when I was in college, playing a couple sports. So I, I played football and track. Uh, I remember during during the summer one time, I was part of like this strength and conditioning camp, uh, ran through our, our college and our school. 
and it was geared towards the the off-season athletes like volleyball players basketball players track uh track track athletes and football players and we were doing a lot of great things we we're a lot doing a lot of interval work sprint work um stability things specific for very explosive anaerobic athletes and there was a chunk of time where i just got lazy i didn't show up but i, I was at home you know like bicep curling uh different weights uh, you know weighted paint cans and then i would go run two miles uh every other day and then i showed up back at the strength and conditioning camp and shout out to joel ferry he, he was running this camp and he's like hey man where you been and i was like to be honest i was just lazy um i wasn't you know i just didn't want to show up but hey guess what I was doing, you know, some bicep curls and doing this stuff in my basement and I was running two miles. So I feel like that was enough to uh, to catch up and stay with the group of what you guys are doing. <laughs> he just laughed at me. He was shaking his head. He's like, hey, like, you know what? That's great. I know it, like it got you sweating and everything and it probably had you feel good and like you were working out. But specific to your sport and what you're trying to achieve, uh, it's it's not hitting hitting all the all the bullet points there. And this is when I was like in the middle of my exercise science uh, schooling. And even back then, I didn't quite uh, grasp the um, uh, the knowledge of that. Hey, even though I'm moving and exercising, I needed to be more specific with my training so that I got the adaptations I wanted to for my sport. And that kind of aligns with the said principle um, that, that I was putting demands on my body, but just not getting the specific adaptations I actually needed for my sport. And whether or not you're, you're a football player or whatnot, let's, I think I just bring that example because we need to make sure that, uh, again, what you're doing, is it aligning with your goals? And when, before we dive into concurrent training, I want you to really figure out what your goals are and uh, what you're trying to get out of it. I'm trying to I'm going to try to be pretty general and then very specific when talking about concurrent training so that I hopefully can cast a wide net out there and 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 hopefully give everyone knowledge and, and some actionable items depending on what your goals are and what athlete you are. Uh, but let's just start with that example. Back then I was doing some things, but I wasn't actually getting things done. So I was doing a lot, but not getting a lot done. Uh, but yeah, let's so let's sort of dive into this. That was a long, another, again, another Kyler long, passionate breath that probably took a lot of different tangents. Let's get back to base here. So concurrent training. So let's first talk about some real world examples. If we are thinking about a training facility, the gym, a health fitness center, wherever you are going to work on your fitness, uh, I feel like there are kind of two different groups that we see or that we are, um, and that really kind of separates the C's of, of what brings up, like, hey, should we be doing resistance training? Should we just be doing cardio training? So let's talk about who we might be or who we might see at the gym who just focuses on resistance training. This might be the gym bros, the, the meatheads, the heavy lifters, or those who are just chasing gains, right? And they might just view cardio training as unnecessary or something that might just steal their gains. So that's group number one, right? So, some of them might even brag that they are so out of shape because they've avoided cardiovascular training. So in return, they can just focus on getting jacked. 
And that's just not the case. Uh, for those individuals, that's great. They're focusing on getting strong and everything, but they could be missing out on like increasing their VO2 max that they, they might not be getting because they're not doing cardiovascular training. And again, VO2 max, just to keep it simple, is our the value or number we can we can measure and assess um, that tells us how efficiently our bodies utilize oxygen. And that, yes, that could be you know, getting through a race, getting through uh, an, an aerobic workout. Uh, but the higher that number is, the, the more likely we are to fend off like metabolic diseases like stroke, diabetes, uh, chronic heart failure, uh, and just increases our longevity. So when we talk about increasing VO2 max, it's not just from a like a fitness aerobic metric, but also just keeping us healthy and helping us live longer. Uh, if you know, if we avoid cardiovascular training, we also might be missing out on uh, like improving capillary density, and that's just a fancy term meaning growing more blood vessels to your muscles, which could benefit you from an aerobic training aspect, but also could uh, improve. Of the way that we do strength training. And I know a lot of us might hit some plateaus when we do strength training and resistance training. And, and sometimes we need to kind of back up and pump the brakes and make sure that we're not missing out on strength gains because we're just not doing these physiological things like growing more blood vessels to your already jacked muscles. And then other things we might be missing out of, especially if we avoid cardiovascular training, like just working on heart health making sure our ticker is staying healthy or even just other aerobic capacity type metrics, just getting us uh, more, uh, more cardiovascular fit. And um, I know if we're just chasing strength gains, we might not also want to be uh, the best one mile runner, um, but maybe we can just use cardiovascular training to, uh, to hit those other metrics that I named off of. Now, the other group I like to like to kind of mention is like the endurance athletes, right? The ones who are training hardcore, they're cardio bunnies, or they're, they're in activities and sports where they need to run marathons, run 10Ks. Uh, they're long distance runners, swimmers, cyclists. Uh, these type of clients, members, athletes, let's say they might view resistance training as unnecessary because it I don't know, maybe add unwanted muscle mass to their frame. And it might affect their performance when it comes to their endurance, uh, their endurance training. Totally understandable. Uh, but if we dig a little deeper, uh, there are also things that we could be missing out on if we stay away from strength training and resistance training as an aerobic athlete. And examples of this might be just tendon strengthening methods. And I preach about this all the time, but there are uh, many different ways to use strength training, not only to improve muscle strength and muscle quality, but also just the way that our tendons uh, move our skeletal system in more efficient ways. And especially as, as aerobic athletes, we need to make sure that we don't run into tendonitis or uh, movement pattern issues just because our muscles and our tendons just aren't on the same wavelength. Uh, we might also uh, be missing out on like improved strength just overall through different planes of motion. Let's say I am I am a marathoner and all I do is run, 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 which is great because that is not me. Sometimes I wish I was because that is amazing. But if we are always running, the odds are that we're we're not totally getting, you know, the maximal amount of hip flexion and hip extension because we might not have to when we're running for two, three hours at a time. Uh, but 
as healthy human beings, it wouldn't hurt to be able to strengthen our muscles and our bodies in different planes of motion and different ranges of motion. And then other things we might be missing out on if we avoid resistance training could be just different versions of power output or joint stability. So our ability to produce power or accelerate, um, if we work on those things, we have a better chance to absorb weight or absorb a power. So an example would be working on like plyometric, like box jumps. So that's very, you know, a very power output specific movement. And to be able to produce power and accelerate through those ranges of motion, um, it, it helps us decrease risk of, of injury or susceptibility to injury. Uh, when we think of like fall risk, uh, most likely it's not a strength weakness that we have. It's just the ability to not absorb or decelerate momentum and therefore we fall and i'm not saying that someone who's like a marathoner and doesn't do resistance training they're not going to be able to catch themselves when they slip on the ice uh, but those are things that we can be working on and we might be missing out on if we don't introduce some sort of resistance training or strength training in their program now i'm definitely not saying that all of us fall in either one or the other of those categories but if you are new to the gym or you're getting back into a fitness program or you've been doing this for a long time, it is sometimes pretty easy to fall into one or the other, right? Either we're just focusing on cardio and endurance training uh, casually or for a sport or we're just focusing on strength and resistance training. Uh, but that brings about the importance of talking, should we be doing both? Whether you're an elite athlete training for a specific sport or you're just trying to lose weight or just casually go to the gym. So those were some real world examples. And I wanted to kind of transition now into like the science-y talk about this. So here's part of the episode where we dive into some research studies, talk about these this concurrent training thing a little bit more. So if you're just into talking about science-y things, you're a coach out there who just wants to learn uh, a little bit more in depth about this topic, um, or you just want to skip ahead and not listen to this, whatever. But this is the sciencey portion of it. But I hope that it does bring uh, some value to this episode. And then I will again hone in and like sort of bring this all back and make sure that we then go about like some actionable items and some practical things that we can actually work on no matter who we are. So no worries, we are going to dive deep, but. Um, We'll, we'll come back and make, the, make it more digestible and, and easier to understand. So I wanted to bring up this article. Uh, it was one of the first articles that studied and, and observed uh, concurrent training. Um, it was published by R.C. Hickson and team back in 1980. Okay, so it's been some time, but then also we've been studying concurrent training more. And it goes back and forth. But let's just go right into it. So yes, this was one of the first studies talking about concurrent training back in 1980. It observed just what happens when we introduce a program with both resistance training and endurance training and what are the effects. So what it showed is that uh, by doing both and following this concurrent training program, uh, there were detrimental effects, mostly on the strength and power development versus the aerobic training. So they took this study, they took this, this uh, study group, they did both, uh, 
and they found out that uh, that mostly if we saw any negative effects, it was that on strength and power development. But since then, yes, there have obviously been numerous studies searching for more answers on this, um, but it almost made it a little more confusing. And so I'm going to try to unconfuse this. But all of these studies, and of course, I haven't read all of them. So please take this with a grain of salt. But uh, we have seen some negative outcomes. We have seen some positive outcomes, uh, which really, when it comes down to it, it just still remains inconclusive as we take into account someone's genetics, someone's nutritional habits, the, the training times and duration, the modalities uh, that they use, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I just wanted to bring that up because it, it's been studied for a long time. This isn't something that we just like, you know what? Uh, people have been doing both resistance training and cardio training. Let's slap a term like, I don't know, concurrent training on it. Uh, and it's only 2017. So we're just, this is something new. No, it's been around for a while. We're human beings. We've been using fitness and different types of fitness for a long time. But now let's, let's bring it up to date. What have we found so we can make this information useful for us as humans? Another thing that we that sort of branched off this study, now it comes this whole theory, this whole um, concept called molecular signaling theory. This has been a, around for a long time too. This is basically just science. But let's take resistance training, for example. So again, we're talking about resistance training and aerobic training. So when it comes to this physiological thing called molecular signaling theory, here's what we're talking about. In resistance training adaptations, when we're seeking to enhance like muscle hypertrophy, uh, strength, overall strength and power, um, th these types of adaptations are mediated by a molecular signaling pathway known as AKT and mTOR pathways. And I'm not going to dive deep into this, but there, just know that there's a lot of cool shit going on uh, when basically when, when skeletal muscle adapts to certain workloads by like changing and regulating different types of muscle fibers and muscle fiber size, uh, this AKT mTOR pathway is upregulated. So in those individuals who just do resistance training, this is the cool stuff that's happening in your body at a molecular level. That is super cool. We can't see it, we can't feel it, but just know that this is going on. Let's take the other side of this now. So like more long duration and repetitive, low intensity uh, aerobic athletes, when they have these low intensity but repetitive muscle contractions going on and on and on, think of like running a marathon. Uh, this type of workload upregulates the signaling, signaling pathways that involves the enzymes AMPK and then CAMK. Again, these are just words. These are just letters uh, if, you, if you don't research and look into this. But these enzymes are responsible for the adaptation, adaptations such as what's called mitochondrial biogenesis. Again, another long word for someone like me to use. But this allows you to walk or swim, run, bike or ski longer and further more efficiently. So your body regulates this pathway versus the other one. If you are doing long duration and repetitive low intensity training and that's kind of where again the the c's part a little bit when, it, when, we, when we go back to the said principle if you if your specific like um 
demands that you're putting on your body, if you are doing more resistance training for a long period of time, you're upregulating that uh, AKT mTOR pathway. So that's you over here. Now, if you, you are putting the, uh, the demand of more like long aerobic training, then you're on the other side over here over a long period of time, you're, you're upregulating this pathway over here. And, and so that's where we're like, okay, well, if we do both, then what happens? Does the universe just blow up? Or does some magical things happen? Spoiler alert, no, the universe does not blow up. But as we, as we perform more of these studies, we take time to observe and go through more of these studies. We have found a bunch of information and really it goes both ways. There are some studies that have shown that one pathway or, or some pathways can downregulate or suppress the other. So now there's a group of people out there probably, you know, if they're doing one type of training and not the other, then they might be like, aha, see, told you one is better th than doing both. And really that's not the case either, not necessarily, because there are also some cases or some studies that show it is not uncommon to see some improvements in endurance performance or resistance training when performing both. So now we have a group of people out there who are doing both who are like, aha, see, doing both is more beneficial and is better than the other just than just doing one. And again, not necessarily the case. So now that I have provided some real world, real world cases and some like sciencey data behind it, when it comes down to it, it's still confusing, right? Uh, we just need to be professionals, especially if you're coaches out there. We do have a lot of great information when applied correctly. And some examples that we see. So if we go back to that Hickson 1980 article, when it showed that doing this concurrent training really kind of uh, was detrimental to more of the strength and power uh, based training, they really didn't see this type uh, of interference going on until like eight weeks into the training cycle. So a lot of things need to be taken into account when just applying this concurrent training to someone's program. We do need to go back to those things to consider that I listed off. See how we've now all come full circle? We need to make sure that we take into account someone's genetics, someone's fitness age, their nutrition, uh, how much time they have to work on these things during their weeks. Um, if they're new to this, if they're brand new to training, they might adapt really well to doing both resistance training and cardio training versus someone who has been doing this for 20 years and is just trying to, to train to be an Olympic, an Olympic weightlifter. Of course, we wouldn't just be like, you know what? You are already training to be the best in the world at Olympic weightlifting. We need to probably add some more cardiovascular training because like I heard this episode on fitness in motion, blah, blah, blah. No, they would, they could probably benefit from a little bit but we want to make sure it doesn't take away from their sport specific training that is going to probably get them to be number one in the world. Uh, I would be, you'd have to kind of just be very careful and tread lightly uh, as a coach when um, working with very sport specific uh, or elite extreme athletes, because they have to hone in on very specific modalities and types of training to get them to where they want to. But for a lot of us, right? And I'm just talking about working on general fitness, working on weight loss, working on getting back into a routine. We can still benefit from both of them when applied correctly.
So now I wanted to give you guys some of my personal and practical recommendations when merging into this style of training, this concurrent training, when you're doing both aerobic exercise and resistance training, when trying to reap the benefits of both rather than just doing both of them because you feel like that you should. Like we want them to complement each other and then also uh, dial in on the benefits that you get from each one versus the other. So again, these are going to be basic recommendations. Think of them as the ABCs when hopefully becoming fluent in this concurrent training. Um, but let's start with just the strict endurance aerobic athletes. I would start by having you guys focus on moderate volume and then moderate to slightly higher intensity resistance type training. So examples of things to like stay away from uh, is more like the eccentric overloading. And again, I've talked about this in other episodes, but staying away from like, let's say some uh, slow tempo in the eccentric part of the muscle contraction or movement. And th this style of training does a great job in, I guess, quote unquote, break, breaking the muscle down a little bit more, um, strengthening as you lengthen uh, type of approach. Uh, but this eccentric overloading can also, um, I guess, bring like prolonged soreness. And so if you're going to be doing both resistance training and cardio training um, and really trying to dial in on adding some volume to your weeks, maybe stay away from this eccentric loading so you're not sore all the time and then potentially missing out on some, um, some daily workouts. And then also, we always want to avoid overreaching or overtraining, uh, especially due to the time constraints and, and the nutritional demands that you have. Think about this. If you are an aerobic athlete who is training for a, a 5K, a marathon, a triathlon, and you are already having 30 minutes to an hour to two hours or more of training for that specific sport or activity or event, if we want to introduce resistance training or strength training on top of that, we need to sort of juggle uh, our time and our schedule so that we don't just all of a sudden have five-hour workout days um, and a lot of us just can't recover from that now on the other side let's say we are just strict power lifters power based or strength athletes uh, or we're just working on hypertrophy and strength i would then have you focus on including more low to moderate endurance aerobic training to start with and again this is to avoid any overtraining or overloading of the body and nervous system while still improving blood flow recovery and like general or generic aerobic capacity building. If you are already crushing like 60 to 90 minutes of strength training, uh, no matter if you're doing more of like stability work or hypertrophy training or max strength and power, uh, and then you want to add some cardio training to that, we are limited by time. We are limited by how we, we recover. We're limited by our nutritional demands. And we want to make sure we're not taxing the joints. We're not taxing everything else when it comes to approaching both at the same time. And then lastly, for the very mixed sport athletes or just the weight loss clients, those who are just chasing general health and increased energy, I would program both. Usually I would have you start on both and start very lightly, whether it's intensity or volume, um, especially if you are getting back into a routine, if your training age is very young. We want to make sure your comfort level of different styles of training uh, is improving. We don't want to 
introduce too many things at once where it's scary, it's intimidating, or just not sustainable. And we want to make sure ener energy levels are up and that we work on your strengths and weaknesses. So just again, someone who is very, uh, very young training age or in their infant stages of starting a new program or, or style approach is we kind of tread lightly. We, we make sure we're doing everything, building a foundation and not just going balls to the walls on both of them and hoping that something sticks and hope, hope hoping that something aligns with our goals. Uh, we should take some time at the beginning to make sure we're doing everything right and sort of you know, turning the dials, whether it's resistance training, recovery, cardio training, uh, at different speeds or at the same speeds if it if it works for your body and your schedule and your comfort levels. So really when it comes down to it, guys, whether you're trying to become, let's say, the best athlete in your sport or in your position, in your activity for the next four or eight or 12 years to try to become number one in the world or whatever, choosing what's right based off of your physiology is hard. Or let's say you're just trying to lose weight, change body composition, regain strength, get jacked, gain more energy or feel comfortable in the gym for the next one week, 10 years, or the rest of your life. That can be difficult as well. And yes, in most of my episodes and the reason why I created this podcast, I wanted to dissect subjects for you and introduce data, research articles, things that are out there that might be uh, that might be missed right through through just the whirlwind of information. It is great that we have all this information out there. And this is part of the, the whole uh, purpose and the whole uh, drive behind this podcast is in the world that claims to be very thorough, like it's different to be helpful, right? As we have more information, I believe that it makes my job as a coach our jobs as fitness professionals, and even just the responsibility on, on your part, it's a lot harder now, now that we have more information, because there's more things to stumble upon, more things to confuse us, or just more things that we try and fail, or try and succeed, or try and, try and fail again for the rest of our lives until we just end up finding nothing that works. Like, we, we don't want anyone to be deprived of the results that they deserve, uh, especially if it's just simply sitting down and finding things that will actually work versus just trying things that are flashier, things that your neighbor does. So then you want to try it or something that a family member suggests to you uh, because they heard that someone tried something because they heard it from someone else. Right. So it's just we need to filter out what's actually right for you or just right in general and then filter out how that uh how that fits with your own lifestyle, with your own schedule, with your own comfort level or not. And that is a huge job and task in itself. So I'm not going to sit here and claim that I'm the only person who can help you and that you should reach out to me because I'm speaking out to the world and sitting in front of a microphone. Like I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not afraid of any microphone. So I, I will keep talking on here. But if anything, I'm hoping that it just motivates you again, just helping you Put your fitness into motion, whether that's getting you more information, getting out some right or some wrong information, or just some of my personal you know, ideas and recommendations so that maybe you can start doing some things on your own. Like you shouldn't have to depend on me or a coach or someone for the rest of your life. Uh, but sometimes it does start there. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. So the music means we are done with the episode. Thank you, everyone, if you've made it this far. If you have been following me, uh, five episodes. That means we we are pretty deep into this. So we're gonna keep this going, keep the momentum going. I've mentioned this before. I am going to release episodes every two weeks, usually every Monday. Um, so be on the lookout for that. I do appreciate everyone who has been listening, especially those who have been reaching out to me for questions, for suggestions, for recommendations and feedback. Today's topic, again, I've been sort of pondering on it for a couple weeks, especially because a shout out to Erica, my client Erica, uh, sent me a bunch of questions and one of them was asking about this. Like, should I be doing cardio training? Should I be doing resistance training? Should I be doing both? And that really solidified, you know what? Yep, time to put this into an episode. So I do take all of the feedback to heart and I do take it seriously. I do have other topics that I want to get to just because I'm passionate about them and I just want to get them out to the world. But I thought I would sit down and answer some of the questions that I have received from all of you. Uh, and I guess that brings us to if, if you are out there and you feel like you want some things answered or just have some su- suggestions for topics, you can reach out to me on the platform that you're listening to me on, or you can contact me via Instagram. So my Instagram tag is Kyler underscore alpha underscore fitness. Fim fam, we're going to keep this going. I'm having fun. Hopefully you're having fun. I will see you all in two weeks. Peace out.